1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great free, and prosperous, and as I say, practically every week. If that doesn't say domestic terrorist, I don't know what does. But we have, we have, I have two great guests this week, and so I'm going to start off here, you know, in case sorry, is anybody maybe that's on, that's on the left side, might have just tuned us in, is uh, I need really, I'm obligated to, to give you a trigger warning. Because today you're going to get three cisgender heteronormative examples of toxic masculinity and white supremacy who are going to mansplain politics to you. So there you have your trigger warning. And just in case anyone does not speak woke, I'll give you, I'll give you, the, uh, give you the translation here. Uh, trigger warning means that you, that you may hear something that you may not agree with. So you be warned. Avoid it if at all possible. Cisgender, meaning identifying and having a gender that corresponds to the sex one has been assigned at birth, not transgender. Heteronormative, of or pertaining to the practices and institutions that legitimize and privilege heterosexuality. And, of course, toxic masculinity, what more needs to be said? And, of course, white supremacy, which means you're white and you disagree with any talking points of the uh, Democrat Party. And, of course, mansplaining means that uh, when a man says anything that a woman doesn't like, it's mansplaining. So with, with 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 that um warning in, in in place and our liability protected, let me welcome to the show first Ryan Sorba, who is our uh, at least until very recently was the uh, executive director of the San Bernardino County Republican Party. That's kind of in a state of flux, so we're not going to delve into that uh on this on this week's show. But he has gotten a lot of great information about what's really happening in. Local politics in San Bernardino County, and our other guest, uh, an example of all those thing, all those bad things that I mentioned in the uh, in the uh, in the in the trigger warning, is Eric Stalter, who founded the Civil Review Board in the Ucaipa area, where they're trying to exercise their responsibilities in the most important political office that a private citizen over their local school board. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey. Hello. I <laughs> <at all. laughs> uh, you know that that is, gentlemen, I'll say, I'll say real cr- gentlemen
2: I'm not a white supremacist <laughs> I definitely am not racist, but and I don't think that you meant it that way, but I'm definitely um believe that the left is using issues regarding race as a an excuse to get their agenda across, which is insincere and disingenuous. And and I definitely also share your Willingness to um, poke fun at that insincere motive that they that they uh, use that issue for in so many instances, you
1: know. Let me stop you there. Okay. And it was we'll, we'll kind of a little bit slightly digressed from where, where I went, wanted to go initially here <laughs> is the response that I'm not racist. And of course, you recognize that what I was saying was sarcasm and, yes. and, and, and satire. But so often on our side, we get the accusation
2: you're racist, you're
1: a white supremacist, you're this, you're that.
2: And, and I we, do think it's something okay that well, they use that incorrectly and they're lying and they're slandering us. Absolutely, I agree with that. Cause it,
1: but we don't. We, where we make the mistake is when we ever buy into their narratives. And when we take Here's it that, seriously, right. the, oh, we, no, no, to I'm them. not a racist. Let me prove to you. I'm not a racist. Instead of give, treating it as LOL. It's projection. Yep.
3: You're right. Again. Well, a friend of mine needs to say, love me or hate me. Just don't ignore me. And I think all of that stuff literally just needs to be ignored because it's It's foolishness out of the gate, really, to be honest with you, to even to even have that argument with people who don't even know what they're talking about, for one.
2: I I think it it needs to be dealt with um, because, Greg, you have some great people of all kinds of races in your Tea Party meetings. Right. But when the left attacks us and calls us things that we're not, They're being disingenuous, they're slandering, and they are, you know, harassing us. And so it's not fun to be lied about. And that's what they're doing. And, um, you know, and so it is also making fun of it when it becomes hysterical. Um, and projecting is is also a method of definitely dealing with what they're doing, because a lot of it is so blatantly and obviously slander that it is comical.
1: It is. And to be treated is to be ridiculed is to be turned around because the real racists in America are on the left. Absolutely. What is racism? Racism is judging or treating other people based on the color of their skin. And in, in today's America, that is found almost exclusively in the Democrat Party slash left, and those are pretty much these days one and the same. Right. But where, where on our side, we are the ones who believe in judging and treating people based on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. We are the ones who believe that are that all. Men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
2: And the key word there is creator, because without a creator, there is no objective standard. Without a, a lawgiver, there are no laws. Everything becomes subjective and relative, and anything goes, and it's, it becomes merely a struggle for power. And that is the state of mind that relativism plunges us into is power struggles. Um, And we don't want to be or exist in that narrative. So to defend the greater, we we,
3: we engage in that narrative when we, when we spend our time reacting, it's like, it's like sticking bubble gum in the holes of the dam. You know, we're, we're reacting to all the little things that they're throwing at us. and, and it's causing it's causing the argument to continue on and on and on while forgetting what the real issues are which is where we You're should,
2: exactly right and and oftentimes political elite will introduce a false dichotomy a false narrative and dichotomy that we get sucked into de- taking one side or the other on and debating example in San Francisco they claimed they had a housing shortage and therefore the people that lived in their own house that were renting their spare rooms on Airbnb were the bad guys because they're making money as Airbnb while we got a housing shortage in San Francisco. And whatever the case may be, the I think it was the Hilton and the Hyatt Hotel that financed this initiative um, to ban individual residents from using their spare rooms as Airbnb rentals. And the Hilton and the Hyatt did that because the Airbnb people in San Francisco were stealing their business. So if you get caught up in this argument that there's a housing shortage, no, I have the right to rent my spare room as an Airbnb. No, there's a housing shortage. No, you don't. You've gone far astray already. You're biting into their carrot and falling into their trap because the real issue is it's just the Hyatt and Hilton trying to make more money on their hotel rooms. And so all these issues have various, um, uh, they, they want to pit, the average person against their neighbor because in so doing in that tension they can uh, get their third term mission accomplished you know global warming no global warming insofar as they build up that narrative talk builds power then they have the ability to Uh, lobby against gas, you know, the electric car industry gets to lobby against the gas car industry, the rare earth mineral movement gets to rally against the coal movement and they use these issues to distract us and to camouflage what they're really doing and when we can start to see through that and not bite at the chomp on their their talking points and we create our own new narrative, that's when we'll be emerging from the womb of deception. Wow! For the bright dawn of truth.
1: <laughs> Interesting question, and we're coming up on. We need to take a break, but but let's just. Here's the issue that you raise, or that, that I see from what you just said, is a lot of politics is, how do I manipulate the system so I can make more money? Yep. Okay, but I think there's. I think there's more going on now, than just. How can I manipulate the system to make more money and get more it's, power?
2: That, I agree. There's lots of different
1: tributaries feeding into this river. Let me let me, let me finish off from this river. Let me let me, let me let me finish the thought. Okay. Barack Obama, when he was running in 2008, famously or infamously said, "We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America." And sure his like all of these like all politicians in national office and probably state office as well, his net worth increased dramatically as a result of being in office but his- i don't think Obama's primary motive was to make money and not in the way that I think the Clintons were much more money oriented i in it for themselves motivation is that we I think there's a strong current in in politics throughout America and in and more broadly in Western civilization of transforming our countries into so they are no longer free countries and the rulers will be on top. And they really don't like our countries. They don't like our people. They don't like and in, you see this in everything they do why else just pick one example why else would they open the borders to anyone in the world who wants to come into the country and in europe has done a lot of the same thing it's just different maybe some different people they get more people from the middle east more people from africa than we do because of geography but it's the same thing they want to flood their countries with people from these other cultures other countries who maybe in and of themselves Fine, upstanding people. They're not necessarily worse or bad people, but they're different. And yeah, they were raised Gorgie, in a different way. Georgia Maloney, let me finish the thought. We're going to go to break and we'll come back and let you guys respond to this. Georgia Maloney, who was just elected the prime minister of Italy, and she talks about is, 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 we have an identity as Italians, as Christians, and just, as a mother, as a, as a woman that they want to take away. And her motive, her goal is, and I think part of what all of what our goal needs to be is to preserve that identity. And with that, we're going to t- take a break here. And when we get back, we will going to let both of you respond to um, those ideas. After we hear from Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs,
4: back after this.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590, the answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
4: Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID one seven zero two two. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio
1: show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And I have two great examples of this uh, with me today, Ryan Sorba and uh, Eric Stalter. And as we said, just even, you know, another trigger warning, just in case, you know, know, we have our bases covered for liability purposes, is you're going to hear three, actually. Cisgender heteronormative examples of toxic masculinity and white supremacy who are going to mansplain politics to you. And with that, we were talking about what is going on in politics, how it's money versus an, an effort to really fundamentally transform our country and, and civilization. And fighting back on that is an example of, of Giorgia Meloni, who was just elected as the prime minister of Italy, her platform is We will defend. God, family, and country. And it it can be hard to do when... It's hard to even maintain a a grip on reality. She she concluded her great speech in 2019. You find it on the internet. And she's quoting Chesterton. And she says, in, "In the English translation is, fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in summer. And these days we need to... Always keep in mind, not let them move us off that two plus two is four and that the leaves are green in summer. Now, with that, I was I was I ended the last segment with kind of a monologue. So I'll let uh, Ryan and then we'll give Eric a chance to give his thoughts on the subject. of what is kind of in a macro level? What is politics about these days?
2: Well, I think that, first of all, the greatest individual or the greatest minority is the individual. And no matter who you are or what race you are, the 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 fact of the matter is we're all equal in the eyes of God and we all have equal rights under the law and we all have our own identities and we all need to respect are identities, as long as they have to do with ethical um, things. You can't just willy-nilly invent an identity out of midair. Identities fundamentally have to do with sincere and legitimate tradition that goes back. And um, you can't use the concept of identity for your own tendentious political agenda and then throw away the identity and transform it because you've got access to Computers and colleges where you can turn out new identities in four years, um, you know, increasing the heat of the identity every eight years type thing. And now in terms of politics, we've got w- w- what I've noticed about pol- I've, I've generally been involved in the national conservative movement. I've not really been involved much in local elected politics and My original perspective is that the conservative movement is about preserving civilization. And the conservative movement is primarily an intellectual movement, but it has political ramifications. And what the political, what the conservative movement is, is then we've noticed that all civilizations and societies go through three stages, barbarism, civilization, super civilization. And we've noticed that in civilization, you've got an extended nuclear family um, with local government, um, state and federal government, and you've got intermediary institutions, what Nisbet called the breakwaters of tyranny. And, and those are fraternal groups where people get together to lobby together for a cause that they want to um, promote. And so you've got a balance of power between the individual, the family and local government, and the federal government. And that balance is buffered by intermediary institutions where families and local governments get together to keep the federal government in its place. So in the beginning of the conservative movement, we had three voices. We had the uh, libertarians fighting to increase the power of the individual. We had the traditionalists fighting to increase the power of the family, the local government, and the intermediary institutions. And we had the anti-communists fighting to decrease the power, Of the federal government to keep the system in balance. The conservative movement arose after the great mechanism of centralization, which was the New Deal. It was a mechanism by which power could be um, um, uh, sucked in like a vacuum to the federal government. And it was to the detriment of state and local government and families in any intermediary institutions. So that was kind of the mechanism for why the conservative movement began in America. It kind of got started in the 40s and 50s. And with the founding of the Intercollegiate Studies Institute, ISI.org, in 1953, and the founding of the National Review with Bill Buckley and Frank Meyer, we became a fusionist conservative movement of libertarians, traditionalists, and anti communists. And the quote about sticking together that they often used was we better all hang together or else we'll all hang separately. And they were engaged in a titanic struggle against an international adversary called global communism, and which increasingly wanted to suck power into ever more far off places over an ever greater number of peoples and communities. And so that is what the conservative movement's all about. And it's pure. It's about doing what's right and keeping a balance and preserving
1: civilization.
2: Civilization tends to move towards super civilization.
1: Yep. Let me, let me, you know, the the, the clock is our master. And uh, before we got started the show, you know, I read someone is that the clock can order human behavior in a way that that dictators can only dream of. So given that in mind, uh, the clock says, let's give Eric a chance to weigh in on these issues uh, in this segment.
3: Well, my thought is going back to the original part of the conversation. I don't know the history of it like Ryan does there, but going back to the original statement, which was, which was the money. And I think money is only a part of the the overarching issue, which is control, absolute and total control. Money plays a hand in that, of course, but things like confusion, confusing the the masses is a huge deal. And confusing us by one of you mentioned the, the opening of the borders that creates confusion among us. It also creates groupthink when we're dividing. And this is these are all tactics of the left. Right. They're dividing people up into groups. So the group has the power, ignoring, as Ryan said, the the greatest minority of all, which is the individual. When we get into the the mindset of the group having that power, and then we give the group the control by, by giving it government control, government resources, things like that, they're able to then divide us. And what we're doing on our side, on the conservative side, from what I see from the cheap bleacher seats, is we're responding to that we're reacting to that I said it before we're, we're we're plugging the holes in the dam we need to have a a plan a game a game plan I should say that is not theirs that is not reactionary that is that is a it's a friend of mine said to me once she she said she she was playing the now I'm going to go off on a on a tangent when she plays her her video games, the Scrabble game against the computer, she said when she was always playing against the computer, and she only won about 20% of the time. And she said one of the things she noticed was when she started playing her game, ignoring the computer, she then started beating the computer 80% of the time. So my point being that if we're going to focus on on the left of course we need to be informed of course we need to be educated of course we need to know what they're doing but when we're constantly reacting to to what they're doing we lose ground so the the resource that i think we need to focus on is we the people we the people in numbers can take back that control take back that power and when we use power for one of the only two things that it can be used for good or evil when we use it for good i think that's when then when we start to see results is in unification and and exercise of of a plan i hope i hope that falls in line with what we were talking about there
1: it's it's a really big subject and one in which i have um and trying to really get a handle on what's going on because there is so there's so much is changing, so quickly. And mm-hmm. I think that's intentional. Is that people are being hit from one way, and then another way, then another way, then another way, then another way, and it's hard to keep your bearings. It's trying to keep your moorings. What is about what things was were, and you're bombarded constantly with propaganda from the media, from in in the schools and universities if you're going there. Um, we are out of time for this segment. We were going to continue this discussion and try to focus back to maybe, okay, so what can we as citizens here in the Indian Empire do about this situation? So stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
4: Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch, NMLS ID 2275209, Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need
1: Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And I'm pleased to have two men who exemplify that slogan and, and quote from Justice Lewis Brandeis, Eric Stalter, who founded the Civil Review Board in Yukaipa, which tries to get citizens to exert influence over their school board members and their government-run schools, and Ryan Sorba, who has been the executive director of the San Bernardino County Republican Party, who has developed a, a huge amount of information about what's going on in local politics and how, you know, follow the money to try to, under, to understand a lot of what is going on. But first, before we dive into those things... Um, we do have an important update on what's going on with the FBI, and we've seen how politicized and corrupt and weaponized the FBI has become. With the raid on Mar-a-Lago, uh, with uh, there was a very, I mean, really a, one of the worst examples of this was there was a pro-life uh, protester who was he would go they would go outside the abortion mill and pray, and they would urge the woman to you know. Pray for the women, pray for the pray for the babies that are going to be killed or have been or have been killed. And there was a particularly obnoxious leftist who got in his son's face, was uh, saying very obnoxious things I couldn't even I can't repeat on Salem radio. And the guy comes over and says, You can't don't you just get away from my son. He pushes the guy, he falls back, um, he the guy filed a civil lawsuit and was dismissed. Even the local DA in Philadelphia, who's a Soros DA, refused to prosecute. But this past week, the FBI sent 30 armed with automatic rifles to the guy's house to arrest him in, in front of his wife and seven children, terrified and terrorized all of them. And this is after the guy had offered, his attorney had offered, you know, we'll come down and surrender. But no, the FBI had to go out and, and 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 do that raid. Well, they also raided Mike Lindell, and here's where we have an update on what's happening in
6: that case. I'm FBI Special Agent Headfield. We recently raided founder and CEO of My Pillow, Mike Lindell. We expected to find evidence of election tech, fraud, support for Trump, which, as you know, is highly illegal. We didn't find any of that, though. What we did find was a good night's sleep. <laughs> I gotta say, politics aside, these pillows that we confiscated from Mike Lindell are the most comfortable, nicest pillows that I've ever slept on. I mean, all the guys in the office can't stop talking about how comfortable and soft they really are. Before we rated Mike Lindell as a political stunt, I was using a competitor's pillow. It was not a good pillow. I can't sleep. How can I sleep knowing I'm just a political arm of the Biden administration? But now, after a long day raiding Biden's political opponents, investigating concerned parents at school board meetings and egging on disturbed young men to commit acts of terror, I can finally catch a few Z's with my pillow's patented adjustable fill stay cool technology and fluffy design that will not go flat, no matter how many Trump supporters I beat with it. Where were you on January 6th? Come! You want me to do it again? I'll hit you again.
2: Is that what you want? Go ahead. It's so comfortable.
6: <laughs> My pillow, the official pillow of the FBI.
1: Uh, compliments to the folks at Babylon B for, for, for that great video um, rules of Ru- Alinsky rule of political con of conflict. Rule number four, set, Rule number five says ridicule is man's most potent weapon. And, uh, we can sometimes learn from our enemies. Uh, we, we, we have these macro issues: what's going on in the country, and we so many things are you know the, the are, are going wrong with the FBI. We're you know, we really Tucker said the other day, we have a fake democracy, and really questionable whether we can even um, change the direction of that with our votes. That's a larger discussion. So, as private citizens, you have... Yeah, these things going on, the open border. What can we do as private citizens? And both of you have been heavily involved in more, much more, a much more local focus on let's get some, let's get some good people elected to city council. Let's get some good people elected to school boards. So I'm going to start with Eric, and you've been, you're heavily involved in what's going on in Yukaipa, in both of those areas. Uh, tell us what's going on in Yukaipa politics and what you're trying to accomplish there.
3: Well, I think to, to, to answer your question, what can we do? Unite, unite, and, and approach this with, with a common sense style of approach. And going back to that video, levity is always a good thing. I think it helps in the, in the fight. So I like that kind of stuff. But we need to get people together, we need to get people to, to understand that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And there are good people out there that are willing to step up and and serve in these positions. What is difficult for them, in in my view, this is my first election cycle to this to this degree. So, you know, getting them in there and supporting them—that's going to be key. Is you know, going through this first election cycle, I, I attended a lot of groups, a lot of different group meetings, different places and it was always the same thing right we need to get people involved we need to get people to run for these positions so we did we you know we tapped into the community got people to run um and as soon as we got them to run there was ourselves included there was really very little resource for them to to get in the game and get going so we need to improve on that support for for those that are willing to run and get behind them and stay behind them. Once they get into office, we need to hold them accountable to to the community that they were elected to serve and we need to stay behind them. If they stay true to their to their vision to the reasons that they were actually elected on, we need to support them in that. And I think those are the those are the things that are going to help.
1: Who are you supporting uh, in in Ukaipa? Me personally, or, or does your organization, the Civil Review Board, support candidates or endorse candidates, or does Civil Review
3: Board is a five hundred one c three, so we cannot endorse. Uh, there's specific reasons for that, but for me personally, I have I have uh, folks that I support for the school board race. Yes,
1: you're welcome to say that, or I'll I'll give you. Yeah, I have no problem appreciate.
3: saying it. I I personally support Terry Boone for trustee Area 5, and I also personally support Lauren Hernandez for trustee <laughs> Area 4 in the Ucaipa School Board system.
1: Uh, and those are the exact same choices that the Resiliency Party Patriots made, and I'm glad you got that one right, Eric. <laughs>
2: How dare you, Eric? I support Terry Boone and Lauren
1: Hernandez. In particular, Terry Boone. She's been a member of our group for a long time. We know her. She will not be moved. She cannot be bought. She will not be influenced. She is. She knows what she believes. And she's a warrior for our cause, for our parents and for our children. Uh, I I know Lauren less well, but we we endorse her as well. Now, in, in that Area 5 with Terry Boone, there's Bob Miller. He's I understand he's he's Republican, all this officially is a nonpartisan race. But he's the candidate that is supported by the teacher unions. And I had an interesting conversation with him at at a Republican County Republican Party meeting. I said, well, I, I hear that you're being supported by the teacher unions. He goes, yes. What's wrong with that? And either 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 he's being disingenuous or he's absolutely clueless that the teacher unions, well, there are good teachers are the teacher unions are are Marxist anti-American organizations that are pushing the critical race theory, they're pushing the triple X sex education, they're pushing the left-wing indoctrination, they're teaching they want to teach children to hate the country and hate other other children based on the color of their skin. And either either he's being disingenuous or does not understand the evil nature of the teacher union. So whatever you do, don't vote for Bob Miller. How about city council? We'll, we'll get to, or you know get over to Ryan. Are, are you endorsing anybody in for your type of city council? Well, the SPGOP did not
2: endorse in that race. And that was my recommendation because we've got Republican on Republican in that race. And when it, when you have decent Republicans running against each other, there's Matt Garner and Sherilyn Long. I say, give them both access to the help that you can give and let the people decide because it's Republican against Republican and they're both decent people. Um, I think that Matt Garner has shown spine. He stuck up for Bobby Duncan in the past, in the media. Um, Sherilyn Long wants to keep you rural. She doesn't she wants to keep larger lot sizes and wants to keep the high density housing out. So it, I think that, I think they both have good motives and intentions and they're both good candidates and I think UKIP
1: is in good hands for city council no matter who wins that race assuming one of them does the quite the problem is if we have if we have two reasonably good or good candidates in a in a race then they may split this. they may split the vote of people who agree with us and you get somebody who doesn't. So, for example, here in Redlands, City Council District One, we have a very far left current incumbent, Denise Davis. And unfortunately, we got two, um, Tom Berg and Andy Andy Hoder, who are against the stack and pack development that Denise Davis supports. And uh, my concern is they're they're going to they're going to split the vote. So already, the incumbent's going to have the money. I have have plenty money from the developers, but but when you when you is our side needs to be smarter. So we is it's it's not. We had a guy. What was his name? And I I don't recall the name. He spoke to our group about a year ago or so. um, Former congressman, and he says it's not enough for us to be right. We have to be smart, and part of being smart is to work ahead of time, be proactive, and get one candidate that favors our positions and values and principles and run that one candidate and not multiple candidates that are going to split our vote. Yeah,
3: I think we've been trying that a long time, right? I I don't know how that works. That's why we need to do things. And I'm I'm going to use this opportunity to give a plug for our October 2nd meet and greet that the Civil Review Board is holding. And and listen, my personal um, opinions aside, the the meet and greet and and getting people in front of the community, getting these 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 candidates in front of the community so the community can make their own decisions is extremely important. Like piggybacking off of what Ryan said, there's there's a couple of good candidates there um, in the school board, in the city, city council, all of that. There's a couple of good candidates in any city. This is where the things like meet and greets are our civic responsibility, getting and interviewing these candidates, getting out in front of them, getting them out in front of us and making our own personal decisions because I decide on somebody does not mean somebody else should. They should do their own homework, their own research and then make their own decision.
2: And yeah. as, as political um, activists and um, people that have had leadership positions in these different organizations, we need to understand that we need to recruit quality candidates early and we need to ask our first choice candidate that we know to run, and if they say no, then ask second choice because what happens is if when when we all go out and start spreading the word, we need a candidate, you get multiple people that self select and you didn't have time to get somebody good you have or you you end up getting somebody good, but then you've got two running against each other. Um, that are on our side, and then you get one on the other side. Now, regarding development, um, that's that's an issue that's going to affect the people of San Jose. Let's, well,
1: let's, let's hold that. We need to, we need to take a break okay. here, but I, I do want to give you a chance to talk about these intersection between the developers and local politics that we see being played out across. Uh, across the the Indian Empire, probably across the the state and maybe the country. But let's first hear from our sponsor, All-Star
4: Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back back after this. Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to
1: Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, and I'm pleased to be joined by... Eric Stalter of the Civil Review Board in Yucaipa and Ryan Sorba, who was at uh, least recently the executive director of the San Marino County Republican Party. We've been talking about politics and macro and how we can influence politics in local school board and city council races. And we're going to explore that a little bit further here in this final segment. But I do want to make, make sure every week we're going to talk about this because it's just really important. And that is the Democrats have put on the ballot Proposition 1. Which will allow and shrine in the California Constitution the unfettered right to late term abortion up until the moment of birth for any and all reasons, completely and totally unrestricted. And just all you got to do is read it for yourself. The state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in the most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and their fundamental right to choose or refuse contraceptives. I threw contraceptives in, even though Charlie, who wants to restrict contraceptives shall not interfere. And the legislative history of this also makes clear that there, there are no restrictions permissible on abortion, entire nine months of pregnancy, if this passes. And even in California. Now, if you just read people that language, about 70% say they say yes. But if you ask them, do you support late-term abortion all the way up to birth? Even in California, only 13% support the actually extreme, they call us extreme, they're the ones who are really extreme, position on abortion, of unlimited abortion for the entire nine months of pregnancy. And uh, um, Governor Newsom just signed AB 2223, which is somewhat ambiguous, but in some ways allow, but appears to allow killing of children or letting them die after they're born. So it's important that we get this word out because there's much more money in the abortion business than there is in saving unborn children. But I I believe that if California voters understand what this is about, they're going to say no, and make sure your pastor knows about this. Um, Bring it to his or her attention. And I would say that if your pastor, upon being informed of this and understanding this, is not ready to speak out, denounce it, and encourage everyone in the church to vote no on Proposition 1 and get in, and more broadly get involved in the campaign and let your neighbors, friends, co-workers, family, etc. know what's going on with Proposition 1, then you need to get another pastor because your pastor is not fulfilling the obligations of his very important office. So with that, I mean, if you guys have any comments on Proposition 1, you you can can make them. But I do want to get into um, Ryan has some really good insights from his position as the executive director. He's talked to many local officials about the intersection and the relationship between local politics and who gets supported for city council with the building stack and pack development along the train and bus lines, and we have that in Redlands, where they're building stack-and-pack apartments here in Redlands, and there's a major F to allow that here in Redlands. You should vote no on Measure F um, unless you want more stack-and-pack apartments here in Redlands. But with that, Ryan, why don't you take a few minutes here and tell us, explain to us in a brilliant, concise way, the intersection between local politics and development of the stack-and-pack.
2: Well, that's a tall order. There's a lot to it, but what seems to happen is developers like to buy land cheap, get it rezoned, and then sell it for more or develop on it. Um, they want to get the county residents tax dollars to pay for the infrastructure for the project so that they don't have to. And it sounds good, like they're developing homes and businesses. Um, but if they're using tax If they end up using tax dollars to help them do it, they're forcing the citizens to pay for their development project. And the citizens then should have a say on what kind of development projects they want in their community. And. The problem with stack and pack and the problem with developers is what the the pattern I've noticed that appears true, unless somebody can prove me wrong, is an area is rural and conservative. The developers come in, they make it suburban, and then they come in for another phase of development and they make it urban. And when they make it urban, they do the stack and pack high-density housing. And when they do that, the the demographics of the people that tend to move into high-density stack and pack housing are young. And um lower income people and also more transient residents that don't get necessarily as involved in their communities. And so they tend to be democratic voters. And so what the developers do is they bring a bunch of money to the Republicans. The Republicans have a heyday for 10, 15 years, building out strip malls and, and er, suburban sprawl, and then they come in and they urbanize the place and they bring in. Democratic demographic voters, and then they're done building and they leave and they take their money with them. Now you've got a huge Democratic voter base and you've got a Republican party that no longer has money. And this is happening. It appears to be part of why San Diego's turning blue. Orange County's turning blue. I asked a friend of mine, why is Orange County turning blue? He said we had a demographic shift. And I said, well, why did that happen? Because of high density housing and then that appears to be like austin texas that's occurring now i'm not anti-development i'm pro-development but i am not for developers using tax dollars to develop land that shouldn't be developed um and that would be too expensive to be developed if it was actually self self reliantly profitable um and i do not like them using tax dollars to develop things that otherwise wouldn't be developed. Um, And high density housing is temporary. It's meant to be temporary. In America, we should strive for home ownership. Home ownership for people that have nice homes that they wanna stay in, get involved in their community. you know, with backyards and, you know, to sustain a family of four for a year to grow your own food, you need two acres. So I'm not saying everybody needs two acres, but I mean, we need to look at a reasonable balance um, in terms of how we build. Um, There are cities out there that aren't bad, but, um, and I'm not against development, but I think that we need to pay attention to this issue as conservatives come up with a, uh, a, a perspective
1: on it that aims to build cities that pe- make people happy. Uh, Let, me and- Let me stop you there, Ryan. Let's. Um, we, only, we again, we're, we are slaves to the clock. The clock. And uh, we got about two minutes left here. Uh, stack and pack is a big issue here in Redlands. Uh back in 2020, Redlands rejected a measure to allow more stack and pack Measure G by two to one. But the powers that be, the city council backed by the developers just proceeded with their plans as if Measure G had passed. And that's going to be on the ballot, as I said, in Measure F. And you need to vote no on Major F unless you want more stack and pack apartments here in Redlands. But it's, it's everywhere. You look, you look around uh, in Rancho and Irvine, you just block after block of these uh, stack and pack apartments. And even out in Ukaipa, I understand there are plans out there. Do, do you have uh, any insight on what's happening with stack and pack development in Ukipa, Eric? There
4: you are
3: one, plans there are plans of doing that and and so i won't go off on a tangent on that but to kind of piggyback on what ryan was saying i think it i think it just boils down to a very basic on the side of the citizens it's apathy on the side of the politicians it's establishment and it's it's their greed if if we get out of that apathetic state and elect people that are there to serve the will of the people and not the interests of themselves or their developer friends So problems go away. We have to create a habit in this country. We can't, again, we can't react. We have to create habits. Prop one it's the right idea, right? It's a valuing of life. We've spent all these years devaluing life is what I was going to say. So to expect a new generation to value life is going to take time because it's been so long that it's been devalued. It's not going to just happen overnight. And, And again, going back to the politicians, local and otherwise, they are there to serve the will of the people. And our job is to lose the apathy, get engaged.
1: Absolutely. As we say, most important political office is that of the private citizen. And thank you, gentlemen, for f- fulfilling your roles in that, in that office and being on the show. And also, as uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, do what you can with what you got from where you are. And
4: always tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161.
5: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590 to answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed
4: Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID one seven zero two two. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM 590, the answer